0: Thanks for clicking play on the latest episode of the Iowa Revolution podcast. I'm the host, Spencer Dirks, alongside my co host, Dr. Bob Leonard. You can follow us on Twitter. That's right, I'm calling it Twitter. I don't care what you say. Iowa Revolution. Simple as that. We're at Iowa Revolution. You can also email us if you want. We're Iowa Revolution Pod at gmail.com if you want to contact us. Dr. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We got the Nationals going on. We're in Knoxville recording this at the library, and we are bathed in fluorescent clad race fans in knoxville right now
1: yeah and it's a lot of fun it's a lot of i mean it's a hassle
0: but (laughs) every
1: other community in the state would love the hassle
0: i yeah i mean it is a hassle it takes a little bit longer to get across town but that's really not a big deal for me i live like five minutes from work so it takes 10 minutes instead of five minutes and it almost feels like you're on vacation too when all the people around you are on vacation, it just gives you more of a laissez-faire attitude. So I, I like it.
1: Yeah, I do too. I used to sort of do the tour guide thing when they used to have the big shuttles and you'd sit and, and the tractors would pull shuttles. And then when uh, I would look out at the people that were on the shuttle, because you're facing them and they're facing north toward the track. And I used to watch... The look in their eyes when they would see the track for the first time they've been following racing their whole life it was just joy and it was just fun to watch other people be joyful
0: yeah literally the mecca of sprint car racing right here in knoxville iowa also the iowa state fair coming up in a couple days as well so pretty busy week in knoxville and throughout the state a lot of things on our agenda today uh kim reynolds has decided to send more troops down to the southern border we'll talk about that Brenna bird is on the side of rapists We just got another report from the Iowa Department of Education about those educational savings accounts and where the the biggest accounts are. Ashley Hinson held her third annual barbecue bash this past Sunday in Cedar Rapids. That'll be part of our Cock Talk segment. And also, we just missed it last week. We recorded right before those four federal counts came down against Donald Trump, possibly getting his fourth indictment. My guess is it'll happen right as soon as we stop our recording, but down in Georgia... There may be another indictment for him trying to interfere with the election down there. Also, Donald Trump is joining the chorus, telling Mitch McConnell to retire, and my top five state nicknames this week.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, should be fun. We'll see whether or not Iowa made it. So this is from Bleeding Heartland. We'll start off with Governor Kim Reynolds announcing on August 2nd that 109 Iowa National Guard soldiers were en route to Texas, where they will be deployed through September 1st, quote, in support of Operation Lone Star to help secure the U.S. southern border following the end of Title 42. In addition, the Department of Public Safety will send Iowa State Patrol officers to Texas from August 31st through October 2nd to assist Texas state troopers with various law enforcement activities, The governor's news release confirmed that, quote, federal funding allocated to Iowa from the American Rescue Plan will cover all costs associated with these deployments. The statement went on to assert, quote, states are given flexibility in how this funding can be used, provided it supports the provision of government services. Laura Bellin wrote this, not so fast. While the American Rescue Plan did give states more leeway than previous federal COVID-19 relief packages, ARP funds are still subject to detailed federal rules. A plain reading of those regulations suggests deploying Iowa National Guard and law enforcement to the U.S. border with Mexico does not fall under any eligible category. Reynolds' public statements about Operation Lone Star also confirmed the mission is not related to the pandemic. The law outlined four broad areas where governments can use those fiscal recovery funds. Three of them are not relevant to this discussion to address the negative economic impacts of the pandemic through assistance to households, small businesses, and nonprofits, or to aid impacted industries such as tourism, travel, and hospitality, to provide premium pay for essential workers, and to, quote, make necessary investments in water, sewer, or broadband infrastructure. Reynolds is hanging her hat on a fourth category of allowable spending. The Treasury Department summarized it as follows replace lost public sector revenue using this funding to provide government services up to the amount of revenue lost due to the pandemic.
1: Surprise, surprise. Yeah. It's all performance art. Peel to the base. People are coming across the border much less. It's, you know, the border situation is the best that's been in a long time. But it's, you know, stir the base, stir the pot, no accountability. She just thinks she can do anything that she wants, just like Republicans everywhere think they can do anything that they want without any accountability, like Trump, and uh, eventually it's going to catch up.
0: You were right on the head. Since Title 42 was ended by the Biden administration, crossings have gone down. So Mm -hmm. this is not a huge issue at the moment. And that really seems to be the one peg that Republicans continuously talk about is open borders we have these open borders and we need to send the military down there, which, oh, by the way, we've got flooding on the Mississippi, we have flooding on the Missouri, and wouldn't it be nice to have National Guard troops to help out in those areas, even though we've declared those emergency areas?
1: Well, one of the things that happens after big events like this, big emergencies, oh say a big fire or whatever, um, all the people involved, military, first responders, whoever, did, they do something called an after-action review that, you know, what happened, what worked, what are the consequences, what didn't work, what could we do better next time? And and I figured that certainly the last time after they deployed troops to the border, we'd have something, or troopers to the border, that I would have an after-action review. How many arrests did we help with? How many people did we save? You know, what was the consequences? What did we do? And I reached out to the state, um, and there was no after action review they didn't have any idea what was done what was accomplished they had a few cherry-picked photos that helped you know fill the narrative that reynolds wanted filled but we really don't know what happened last time after i presume millions of dollars were spent and we're not going to know what happened this time either i suspect a lot of it's going to be our troopers standing around looking at the people that know what they're doing
0: Yeah, and they don't have jurisdiction to do much anyway. I mean, what are Iowa State Troopers or Iowa National Guard Troops? I mean, they're not allowed to do a whole lot anyway other than stand around and point out, maybe if they see somebody crossing, point it out to somebody else who actually has the authority. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And like you said, it's just for political points. It's all Republican governors that have gotten together and, and have created this Operation Lone Star.
1: And they're not interested in solving the problem. They need it. If they're... The real problem that we have is the need for more workers.
0: Well, I've said since, I mean, my mom was the first person to tell me this, so I'm just cribbing off of my mom. But if you really wanted to stop this problem, you would find the employers to the point where they wouldn't hire illegals anymore. And that would end the problem. Yeah. Maybe not end the problem, but for the most part, you wouldn't have you know, crushes of people coming over the border. And not that they are now, but they have in the past.
1: Yeah, the border will never be secure enough for Republicans. They will always make it an issue. Right. What is secure enough? It's just, it's a moving target. They don't care.
0: Well, it's also racist, too, because they don't want Mexicans in the United States. They're fine with people from Canada or Sweden or France or you name a quote-unquote white country, and they'd be fine with that, but they don't want the Mexicans. And then they make up shit like they try to conflate things that don't necessarily go together like we talked about like child sex trafficking and that's like the big boogeyman and that they're bringing all these kids and that's one of their main focuses is the cartels getting drugs and and traffickers and that's a very very small percentage of, of what actually goes on and who crosses the border but they just want to scare people into this ideology yeah (laughs) It's just
1: pretty clear that, you know, the biggest human trafficker just may well be Ron DeSantis shipping people wherever he wants to, Martha's Vineyard.
0: Yeah, whatever happened with that? I thought that he may face, like, kidnapping charges. Yeah,
1: I don't know. No, they're not going to do that. It's that
0: two-tiered justice system. That's
1: that's right.
0: And also, did you hear, speaking of down in Texas, they've got those buoys that they rope across the Rio Grande and and the rivers down there. And you see a child actually died, which they told... I don't know exactly know who they are, but, I mean, experts have told Governor Abbott this is exactly what's going to happen. And, of course, that's what they want to happen.
1: Well, and I mean, Republicans the- are
0: cheering that on, a, a kid dying in the Rio Grande, and they're happy about that.
1: Well, I haven't seen anybody happy about that, but
0: there's certainly... You aren't on Twitter enough, then. I guarantee that there are a lot of people applauding this. Well, that's sad. Very sad. Speaking of more sad news, this is from Little Village Mag. Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd was asked about her refusal to pay for the cost of emergency contraception for rape victims during an appearance on Iowa Press last weekend. Responding to a question for moderator O.K. Henderson, Byrd acknowledged that, quote, We did pause payments to entities like Planned Parenthood and others that were being reimbursed for abortions and for Plan B, end quote. Bird seemed to dismiss the idea that this may cause hardship for victims or be a problem for health care providers who assist them, saying, quote, those services still remain available under Iowa law to victims. It's just whether public funds will pay for them, end quote. Asked by Henderson if she intends to make the current refusal to pay a permanent policy after the formal conclusion of the audit, Byrd replied, quote, I do. Yes, once it's done. So she, she already has the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Which in this whole audit business is we talked about it before. It seems like a cover to begin with to to make that first step and make it seem like, oh, okay we're auditing. We'll pause it for now. But she never the goal was never to begin those payments again. And by the way, public funds, these are they're not necessarily public funds. It's not taxpayer money. This is from fines and court costs from offenders, from rapists and sexual assaulters.
1: It's yeah, it's I don't know. This is sort of a, a weird story, but when I was uh, in Albuquerque and as a professor and then moonlighted for all kinds of well, for reasons we don't need to go in to here, I was a cab driver, and uh, I wrote a book about it, it, turned into a play. But oftentimes, over the course of an evening, I worked nights, would get a call to a particular hospital and you would know exactly what it was. It was rape victims. And so the rape victims were sent home in a cab. uh, There were vouchers. They didn't have to pay for anything. I guess if Kim Reynolds was in charge, they'd have to pay for their cab ride home too. But uh, the women that were there were from all walks of life, and some of them didn't have anything. And so to deny them this, it's, a, it's just sad. It should be an option for people. And it's, you know, it just seems that it's the right
0: thing to do. And depending on what the state Supreme Court says, abortion will effectively be illegal whenever that's decided. And so you're making a situation where if the, if the woman, by no fault of her own at all, she was raped, becomes pregnant, if she wants an abortion, first of all, she probably can't get it, and B, probably can't afford it in a lot of cases. So we're going to have way more unwanted children.
1: Yeah. And the circumstances that surround them. Yeah. It's just something that was going along just fine, helping people when they needed help, and the disruption. And it's like she, she's... It's all about disruption. You just don't make a decision. You drag it out. And then you make it so it's this issue every day to right. continually dis- disrupt society. You have to string it out. You just don't make a decision one way or another and have it be over. No, you've got to pull the torment as far and wide as you can.
0: And just how evil, how fucking evil is that? It's fucking evil. Like, Brenna Bird is going to hell.
1: Well, I'm not going to make such a speculation, but...
0: I mean I might be going to hell too but Brenna Bird sure as shit is also going to hell. Can you imagine? I mean I think that we should just collect these children that there are the end result of a rape and just give them to fucking Brenna Bird. Drop them off on her fucking doorstep.
1: And there aren't services available to help them.
0: No. They want to cut all that too. Medicaid, yeah. food stamps, so the woman and the child are on their own after being a victim of a horrible, horrible, the worst crime.
1: Well, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, <laughs> I guess. I guess.
0: Uh, This is from KCCI, the Iowa Department of Education says more than 18,000 educational savings accounts have been approved as of August 4th. According to the state, 18,627 accounts have been approved so far. There are less than 1,000 applications that are still being reviewed, while parents provide additional documents to confirm eligibility. The Iowa Department of Education says Iowa's most populous counties show the highest number of approved applications. These are the 10 counties with the most approved accounts. Polk County has over 3,000. Lynn County and Scott County have over 1,300. Sioux County has over 1,100. Then it's Black Hawk County, Woodbury, Dubuque, Johnson, Dallas County, and Carroll County students approved have until september 30th to get into an accredited private school if they don't get accepted into one the esa account will close for the school year and the money will go back to the general fund kcci did reach out to the iowa department of education about the number of applications denied and to find out what causes an application to be denied but has not heard back yet
1: yeah three thousand in polk county
0: yeah now let's just say
1: you know we're on the We're at Dowling, we're on the (laughs) staff at Dowling and Des Moines Christian. So, how are we going to pick these three thousand kids? Right. I mean, so are we just going to be random? Right. Or are we going to pick the oh the students of the most means, the parents who might be willing to give us donations? Oh no, no, this is for the poor people. No, it's not. it's for people that already have their their kids there, or it's for the upper-income people, you know, $120,000 on average of income that will be bringing their kids in anew, studies have shown. And so let's see, what criteria shall we use? Parental income, the best athletes, the best scholars. Or let's see how many uh, kids with special needs they accept. So they're just...
0: And so, are the reporters asking these questions? Well, I think they are asking some, but there's tight lips from the state because they know we probably won't like those answers.
1: And the and the uh, there's no accountability. The private schools don't have to tell us,
0: right? Yeah, they can use all this money. I mean, Rob Sand talks about it all the time. The state auditor. I mean, they could. The principal of you know name a school Dowling could take all this money and take him and his whole family on a Hawaiian vacation and there's no recourse for that. Yeah. He, he can do that. Yeah. There's no oversight, not near as what would be at a public school. And yeah, all of these kids, all of these kids going to private schools are just less and less money for the public schools, which that's what it's all about. It's not about making sure that kids have the best education. If it was, they would invest more into public schools. But it's about destroying public schools. Absolutely. Same as the book banning and all of that stuff. It's just, as you've said many times, it's just to disrupt and kind of make public schools look bad, like they're unprepared, that they aren't doing the best by your kids.
1: And sending them to Christian schools, which for the most part you know, share the ideology of Republicans. I'm not gonna say conservatives, because there's nothing conservative about the MAGA movement. Right. There's nothing conservative about what Kim Reynolds is doing. She's not a conservative. You don't destroy the public schools if you're a conservative conservative. You don't destroy Medicare if you're a conservative. What you do is you 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 don't blow up food stamps if you're a conservative. You just it's just destabilizing. It's all about power control. And if anybody that doesn't think it's about power and control, look at what they did with uh, the polling places in Iowa City. Move the polling place in Iowa City to Coralville that isn't even on a bus route. Right. I mean, it's just Yeah, yeah that it's was just wrong. a big story a yeah. week
0: or two ago about because yeah. people used to be able to you know, walk or bike there, and now you can't even take a bus there. And in Coralville, I don't know I mean, how many of our listeners have driven there, but it's not the best place to be walking around.
1: No, you can't get there. I mean, on foot from. I mean, if well, to this particular mall they're talking about, it would take a couple hours to walk to, probably.
0: Right. Let's get into some cock talk, some caucus talk. <laughs> Iowa Representative Ashley Henson held her third annual barbecue bash on Sunday in Cedar Rapids. Ron DeSantis was one of many candidates there. This is from Ty Rushing on Twitter. Quote, DeSantis said he showed his three kids Field of Dreams a few months back. He said while playing catch with his five-year-old son after leaving the Clayton County Fair, his son said, Daddy, is this heaven? DeSantis responded by saying, No, it's Iowa.
1: First, I doubt if his son said that, but he's such a liar. You know, you never know. And the other thing is... He didn't
0: say that. I guarantee that's a made-up story.
1: Well, the thing is, what about the book banning scene? Right. There's an incredible, brilliant book banning scene in there. Right. Did, why isn't the media asking DeSantis about the book banning scene? They should be. Yeah.
0: That was my first thought, too. Is <laughs> Are you actually going to talk about really the most important part of that movie, I think? The, yeah. the most moving scene yeah. is when she goes up in front of the crowd in the gymnasium and takes them all to town. And she gets carried away by Kevin Costner. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. But no, it's just this Americana thing of, you know, we're all lily white people in, in Iowa. And to people like Ron DeSantis, this may be heaven because <laughs> it's 94% white. You know. Speaking of, did you hear, this is kind of off topic, but did you hear that one of Trump's lawyers, once the trial moved, his federal court case moved from D.C. to West Virginia because <laughs> because it's more diverse? <laughs> did you 96%. 96%.
1: Right very conservative trump won by what 40 points there. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah.
0: And DC is pretty much a 50-50 split, you know, like 44% black, 45% white and, you know, something every, like that. other myor- minorities from there. But yeah, that was totally They're so a story. stupid.
1: They're so stupid, and people that would believe that
0: are stupid. Yeah, there's a lot of stupid people. You know, George Carlin always said, think of how dumb the average person is. And then just imagine that half of everybody is dumber than that. <laughs> so
1: I prefer misinformed, but but I the thing no. is, a
0: lot of these people are purposely misinformed. Yeah, especially in this day and age, you have to choose to be misinformed. In my opinion, you want to be brainwashed. Apparently, more cock talk. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of cock talk, so you can add to this after we're done talking about this. But I mentioned that we just got done recording last week when the four federal counts of interfering with the election came through for Donald Trump. This is from The Hill. All eyes are on Georgia this week, where yet another indictment of former President Trump is expected imminently. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, she's a Democrat, has been probing Trump's efforts to interfere in the state's closely fought 2020 election for more than a year and is widely expected this month to bring the fourth indictment of the year against the former president. Any charges brought by Willis would come after a federal indictment last week that was also connected to the 2020 election. In that case, the former president was charged with four counts for his role in trying to block the transfer of power. And in Georgia, Trump could face RICO charges as well as solicitation and conspiracy charges.
1: The thing that bothers me the most is that we have him on tape. Saying, "Find me these votes." Right. His criminality has been obvious for, you know, what,
0: two years? Oh, I mean, yeah. seven years, eight years yeah. for you and I. But so, yeah, but, yeah, we've seen it, we've heard it right away. I mean, the this is, the yeah. tape came out, and yeah, you are interfering with the federal election.
1: Yeah, and then Lindsey Graham goes down there, and all the other, you know, schmuck Giuliani. Lawyers. Yeah, and and people think that that wasn't a crime. How can people think that wasn't a crime?
0: Well, yeah, and this whole, you know, they're interfering with his First Amendment rights yeah. is just absolutely bullshit. Well, well that's I right. Mean, first, I mean, First Amendment rights, I mean, people don't, there are limits to free speech, period, let alone politics or presidents or whatever. If I tell you right now, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you, Dr. Bob. You could call the police. I could be arrested. So Dr.—or not Dr. Bob, but Donald Trump calling the Georgia Secretary of State and saying, find me 11,870 votes or whatever it was, that's illegal.
1: Yeah, it's criminal. (laughs) And it's his own voice. And it's just like people that think that that isn't criminal. Well, they're saying it's— it's a red herring, it's, and it's people that don't have complete information. They think, oh, it's about saying that you don't trust the election or the election was stolen. No, it's not. It's about the criminality behind that, and Jack Smith's documents say that. He has the right to say that he doesn't trust the results, but he can't get people. He can't get fake electors to act like they're the real thing and overturn the vote. He can't do that.
0: Right. It's a crime. And I'm guessing you've read the indictment. Yes. I wish more people would read the indictment because that is the first defense. Everybody on Fox News is saying, well, he's got First Amendment rights. He can say whatever he wants. And yeah, literally in like the first two paragraphs, Jack Smith says, yes, he has First Amendment rights, but you can't then actually put into motion illegal things.
1: Right. And Fox News for a generation has been the greatest terrorist threat to America.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's anything, crazy. anything else, cock talk worthy this week?
1: Um, Trump Gabriel with the New York Times had a pretty good piece the other day, where he says the Republican candidates are just going through the motion. It's Trump's nomination; it's just going to happen. The nothing is going to stop it, and so they're going through the they're just going through the motions. And I've been to a lot of these events, and. They're really pretty redundant. They're not very interesting. They haven't gotten any better. I mean, DeSantis has gotten better, at least in terms of looking like he's interacting with people. But it's the same old tired arguments. Biden, bad. Woke, bad. Teachers, bad. Trans people, bad. You know, it's just... it's. Well, I don't I, have to go to another event.
0: And I also saw a poll just recently where they polled Republican... You know likely primary voters and like none of them said that like basically the fight against woke or being anti-woke is not at all a concern for Republican people voters. People are seeing through it. Yeah.
1: Or they don't care. They need something they need somebody else or something different to fear or hate.
0: Well to me it just doesn't seem like it's a very winning argument like anti like you're fighting against you know some amorphous thing it's almost like you know the, the war against terrorism like okay <laughs> yeah. how do how do we win that war like anti-woke you know the war on woke like how do you win that war yeah. banning books is that what you want to do because that's not going to probably get you very many votes either yeah i would imagine most republicans are not for banning books
1: yeah well i would think not but, Some, see, the, thing
0: is, but, but the problem is
1: most republicans still think it's 2015 mm-hmm and that it's just a normal state of affairs rather than we're on the verge of a dictatorship. I don't think Republicans, my Republican friends, don't want a dictatorship. But they're acting like this is 2015 and there's legitimate you know, reasons uh, to talk about different kinds of policies, gun control, oh snap, the deficit. But all those days are gone. The fight is against... Uh, authoritarian regime. It's not
0: 2015. Right. DeSantis did finally say that Trump lost the 2020 election. He was interviewed on TV and he fully said that, yes, he lost the election. Joe Biden is president. So I guess that's a step in the right direction. I just wish, and I don't really wish, I don't really care because I'm not a Republican, but I don't know why more Republicans are not taking this indictment stuff to Trump explaining to the American people why it's so dangerous. Because
1: they're cowards.
0: Well, yeah, they have to be.
1: They're Yeah, the the cowards have been driven out of the party.
0: But like you said, I mean, like, trip great Gabriel is right. Like, if you're not going to go after Trump on this stuff, then you are just going through the motions and you're not actually trying to win. Which I think a lot of people just assume that people like Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or, I mean, Mike Pence... Probably not looking to be the vice presidential pick, but it seems like a lot of them are just in it to sell books or yeah. fundraise for their other campaigns. You know, you know just get their name out there, or maybe yeah, maybe they're saying on the road. exactly. Maybe if I finish second or third, then I could be the next in line in twenty twenty eight. But it doesn't seem like anybody other than Desantis is really trying to win this thing.
1: Yeah, well, and Desantis
0: think- is almost like scratching and clawing to not win himself. Like you're just now admitting that. President Trump didn't win the 2020 election.
1: Well, whatever they're doing isn't working, and I thought that Christie might get some traction, you know, coming out swinging against Trump. But I mean, he hasn't even been to Iowa that I know. No, no. Yeah. So I mean, that's the what, that's the mistake Rudy Giuliani made that he could just go to New Hampshire and <laughs> to Iowa you Iowa. Know, I don't think that Chris Christie is, you know, looking to Rudy Giuliani as a, <laughs> as a model for how to win the nomination is a good thing.
0: No, I don't think so either. Um, Yeah, it almost seems like Chris Christie is, I only really see him on cable news talk shows. I don't really see him campaigning at all. I think he did do one CNN town hall or something like that, but that's obviously a pretty controlled environment, not like going to a county fair in Iowa. Uh, So this is not cock talk anymore. We're taking a wider scope. It's still talking about Trump, though, and Mitch McConnell. This is from Iowa News Now. Former President Donald Trump is joining a chorus of criticism against Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who's 81 years old, who was met with jeers from a raucous crowd at a speaking engagement in his home state of Kentucky Saturday. During his speech at a fancy farm picnic event, audience members chanted, Retire! Shame on you and lost the Senate at the longtime senator. And when I say chanted, it was you couldn't hear what Mitch McConnell was saying. The retire, 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 drowned out everything that he was saying. And he just continued to look down at his notes, continue to give his speech.
1: That's what they do. That's what they all do when they're booed. They just continue. Just
0: head down, keep reading. And McConnell said, My friends, I'll be honest, it's not hard for Republicans to look good these days, McConnell said amid boos. He did not acknowledge the cheers instead. They said cheers, but they were jeers. Instead, proceeding with his speech, which criticized prominent Democrats like Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir, who, by the way, is a pretty popular governor. so a, you know... Democrat in a red state. I and mean, yeah. he's got like over 60% approval rating, I think. Because so, you know, he
1: gets things done. Right. He
0: actually does his job. Uh, by the way, Governor Andy Bashir was present at the event. Former President Donald Trump, who McConnell previously condemned for his role in the January 6th riots, sided with the crowd in a Truth Social post, I agree. Boo! Retire! 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 Boo! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, end quote. I love it. I love that. I'm not saying I love Trump. I'm just saying I love the infighting. Yeah,
1: the infighting is good. Yeah. And O'Connell has sort of... St- I mean, he's a spineless weasel, but he's sort of nibbled at saying Trump was in the wrong. I mean, he sort of sits up there and...
0: But see, he's very. He's a very good politician, obviously. He's very good at reading public sentiment. So I feel like anytime there's like... I. I think in his heart of hearts, if there is much of a heart in Mitch McConnell's chest, he doesn't like Trump. He never liked Trump. He wished Trump was never elected. No,
1: none of them like him. Right. There's Nobody a- likes Trump. His children don't like him. Exactly. His wife doesn't like him.
0: Right. So I don't think it bothers him that Donald Trump is posting this stuff on Truth Social I don't think it really bothers him at all. But I do think that he is good at trying to get in where he can. So like the January 6th riots, he felt like this was an opportunity for him to get what he wanted and to get rid of Trump. And it just so happens that the Republican base wasn't ready to give up on Trump yet. In fact, if anything, that the January 6th riots and the fallout since then has emboldened his supporters. It has. By the way, have you ever heard anybody besides Trump or his lackeys, Giuliani or like Lynn Wood or whatever that lawyer's name is? Have you ever heard anybody talk about how this was a sham election? Besides Trump?
1: Yeah, I have. Some of them, they will say it. They just keep... They say it sort of in different ways they'll say lately they've switched to rep right from the election is stolen, but people have questions about yeah. the election.
0: Right. The election, by the way, that many of those same people won in. Yeah. So it's like yeah, that this was such widespread fraud. Why did, why did the Democrats allow you to win? <laughs> you know, like if they're so yeah. good at this, why are there still Spencer, so many Republicans
1: using logic? That's your problem, man.
0: <laughs> it's been my problem for a long time, yeah. I should just dumb myself down. Anything else occur over the past week that is uh, Iowa Revolution newsworthy?
1: No, um, we've got all the uh, candidates coming to the state fair. I may go and watch them. Yeah. Um,
0: At the, uh, fair the fair side chats. The yeah. chats. Um,
1: although there's nothing new. I mean, they're just it's the same tired stuff. I've never been through the different caucus cycles. I've never been so bored. Yeah. You know, it's always been much more interesting and dynamic. And, right. But, and one of the things I'm going to say is I'm tired of national media controlling the press gaggles afterwards and only talking about the polling. Right. That's what the poll, poll, poll. And it's not about policy. Yeah. And a lot of the local people that would have good questions aren't called on because the people from New York are better, and from the networks are better at yelling out the questions and getting the attention. Well, they're probably
0: also more recognizable to the candidates themselves. They're traveling along with them, so it's easy to see a familiar face and say, yeah, you know, give me a question. Because I know it's going to be easy as hell. Right. Better than you asking, what's the price of beans? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I
1: ask them always, price of beans and corn, because if you don't know the price of beans and corn, you don't know anything about the Iowa economy or the international economy.
0: So I'm going to guess the Iowa, I'm going to guess corn is selling at four bucks.
1: A little over that. I think last time I looked, it was over five. Yeah. And beans then probably
0: would be 14? Yeah, around there.
1: 15? I haven't looked in a couple weeks, but that's about right.
0: So, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an Iowan through and through, man. I can tell you the price of corn and beans, at least within a dollar or two. Um, anything else? About the caucuses? No. I hope it gets more interesting. So one thing that I, I think will – I've been kind of wanting to do this for a while now, but you brought up before we actually started recording about, um, like, those CO2 pipelines. Can you explain to me in, like, five minutes what's going on? Because I've researched, and I still don't really know – like what the different sides are. Like obviously there's eminent domain and farmers not want to give up their land to put this pipeline down. But I guess, can you explain to me who really, I'm interested in it and it seems like a pretty big, like even Donald Trump was asked about it at one of his campaign events and he didn't, you could tell he didn't know what was going on. He just sort of filibustered his way through and said, oh yeah, it's a horrible ordeal and we're going to do something about it and whatever. But
1: Well, there's lots of controversy over, the pipeline, some of it is with eminent domain that people don't want these pipelines going through their fields. And, you know, and you and I might think, well, what's the big deal? You just, you know, you just go through and you dig a trench, you put the pipeline in, then you grow corn and soybeans on top of it. But really, I've talked to farmers about it, and sometimes it's okay, but it's it depends on who's laying the pipeline. Because for the people that go through the quickest and are the most efficient at it, I guess, leave all kinds of compaction. And it's a big, big, wide swath through your field that you can't really grow anything on anymore. Right. Or it's really hard. So the compaction, so there's the two issues. There's the taking away of private property for a private entity to make profit.
0: Yeah, because usually eminent domain is because the government wants to. Yeah, government wants to put in a highway or they want to build a school. You know, whatever. It's the government. It's still that's, controversial. Sure. Right. But, As it should be. I mean, yeah. I, yeah.
1: But so, and then the environmental. But when you're giving away
0: that, land to a private company, then it's certainly the American way is to say no, 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 no. <laughs> you know.
1: Well, not anymore. They want to privatize everything. But so there's that. There's also the people that, you know, I've talked to a guy that was a welder that. You know he wouldn't work for one company because when they weld the pipes, they weren't do- He quit because they were doing sloppy welds mm-hmm. and they were getting the cheapest, most inexperienced welders. So there's just a disaster potential for the pipeline itself. Right. So the I don't like using the word environmentalist because sometimes it seems that there are people that are extreme. It's not extreme to worry about pipelines breaking. And so I mean I think we should all be extremists now with respect to global warming and right. I mean like an that.
0: extremist today would have yeah. been a super duper extremist, you know, just 20 So years well,
1: that's the issue. There's also some new technologies that are coming out or that are you know, it's called green methanol and it's been well proven in Europe and uh, what it does is it's a it's a way to create a kind of ethanol, which is called methanol, and it's called green because the emissions are very low. And you just put up a processor at the existing plant, and then you haul it. Since green methanol can be stored at room temperature, you can haul it by truck or rail. You don't need a pipeline. Nice. Right. It's really going boom all across Europe. It's a great fuel for ocean liners and aviation and... and ultimately for vehicles, without the carbon footprint. And plus, there's a product. You sell the methanol at the end of it. You sell all the products, the methanol, and whatever is associated with it. You don't bury the CO2. You turn it into something else that is valuable. You don't bury the CO2 because you're burying money. Right. And so when there's... Yeah, you don't need the pipeline anymore with that. But that's just a new technology, and I'm just learning about it, but... Yeah, there's lots of controversy. So the pipelines, it's like people advocating for the pipelines are like people that were still investing in floppy dick discs when there's,
0: you know, it's all digital. That was almost a great flub by you. Yeah. Well, I, you're <laughs> gonna take that out. I'm gonna take that out and bring yeah, I'm gonna use that many more. Floppy dicks. So let's go on to my top five this week. Top five state nicknames. Number five, Utah. You know what Utah's state nickname is? This will be a little bit of a quiz, too. Um, the Beehive State. Mm. yes, Utah, the Beehive State. I, I was a state. river
1: rafting guide in Utah.
0: Were you? Yes. That sounds like an excellent job.
1: It was fantastic. Yeah. With with chefs along with us.
0: I think you've told this story before, yeah, actually. Great. Yeah,
1: It was fun. A long time ago. But if I could be a river rafting guide now, that'd be... A- Hard to
0: turn it down. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, you lived close to this state. I'm sure you spent some time in the state. Oregon. Oregon. The Ducks. They are the Ducks. The, the University beavers. of Oregon is the Ducks.
1: The Lumberjacks. I don't
0: know. They're the Beaver State. Beaver State. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oregon State is the Beavers.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Castor. So so University of Oregon is the ducks, and then Oregon State is the beavers.
1: Beavers, uh, genus Castor, species canadensis.
0: That's what a beaver is? Yep. All right. Also, I'm sure you've followed a little bit about the implosion of the Pac-12. Yes. Your former, or your alma mater is now a Big Ten (laughs) school. Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Big, isn't it like Big 32? or
0: something? Big 18, Big 18. Is, what it, yep, is what it will be after those new West Coast schools join in, I think, 2024. So the 2024-25 school year.
1: Were you the one that shared that tweet where the Missouri coach was saying, well, did anybody think about the athletes?
0: Yeah, when Missouri left the Big 12 to go to the SEC, and he's paid, what, millions of dollars yeah. a year? And I'm sure he left a school to come to Missouri. And the thing is, nobody's thinking about the kids. Of course they're not. They haven't been for years.
1: They'll get back from the basketball team. Even the whole amateur status thing goes
0: back to, like, the 20s just so they didn't have to pay. It was basically racist, so they didn't have to pay black kids. Yeah. You know? I mean, we'll call them amateurs so we don't have to pay them.
1: Yeah, so the kids get back from the basketball trip at 4 in the morning, go to class at 8. I don't think so.
0: Right. Yeah, can you imagine an Iowa basketball Road trip to University of to go to Seattle to play the University of Washington on a Tuesday night with a you know ten o'clock local tip off. Yeah, but again, that doesn't matter. All that matters is money, and those presidents and ads and commissioners are rolling in it right now. So yeah, we've got Beehive State number five, Beaver State number four. What's New Mexico's?
1: Land of Enchantment.
0: Yeah, that's right. Isn't that a beautiful state nickname? It is. Do you think of New Mexico as the Land of Enchantment?
1: There's lots of enchanting things about it.
0: It does seem very uh, sort of magical. Yeah. Like the Virginia O'Keeffe stuff, and then they've got uh, what's that? Uh, is it? What's it called? The, there's like an artist commune, I guess. Is it Taos?
1: Yeah, Taos, Santa Fe. Lots of interesting things going on. Lots of arts. Um, a variety of cultures with rich, you know, cultural traditions. It's magical. I mean, Iowa could be magical if we looked at it this way, and if we wanted to, because there's lots of magic here too. We just, you know, don't talk about it very much.
0: True. Number two is Connecticut. Do you know Connecticut's state nickname? The doorknob
1: state. I have no idea. <laughs> Why would it be the doorknob? I don't state? know. It just came to mind. Something uh, dull. Just looking around the room. No, I didn't. It's even not. So, well, I guess it
0: is actually kind of something dull, but I think it's pretty cute. The nutmeg state. <laughs>
1: the nutmeg state I guess they're big in nutmeg they must be why else would they be the nutmeg state
0: they must be the the country's largest producer of nutmeg although New Jersey is the garden state and I don't think most people conflate garden and New Jersey
1: I'd like to know who came up with the nutmeg state what was that process
0: While I'm giving you the number one state, I'll look that up. Can you guess the number one state?
1: Oh, I know you're going to pick the Hawkeyes. It is!
0: Number one, Iowa, the Hawkeye State. So what's the story behind Hawkeye? It's named after the book, right? Last of the Mohicans?
1: Hawkeye, the protagonist. Right. Well, I guess the... It's sort of obscure. Some people say that that's a hypothesis. Another one was that uh, they're uh, related to Black Hawk. There was somebody else there at the time called Hawkeye historically. Last of the Mohicans came out in the 1820s. And it was very popular, right? But you know, it wasn't about Iowa, right? I mean, so I don't know. It's it's interesting, but. Um, I don't think that we really know the true history. I know that there's a couple guys in Burlington that really, you know, made it happen. A guy changed to the name of his newspaper to. I was gonna say it's still called the Burlington. Uh, yeah, 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 and it's a really good paper.
0: It is. It's not quite as good as it used to be, but it's still pretty good. Uh, Connecticut is called the Nutmeg State because its early inhabitants had the reputation of being so ingenious and shrewd that they were able to make and sell wooden nutmegs.
1: Wooden nutmegs? I thought it was a spice. Yeah. What's a wooden nutmeg?
0: <laughs> now we're just <laughs> going
1: down a rabbit hole.
0: This segment we like to call Doctor Bob and Spencer Google shit.
1: I like Louisiana. Its state nickname. Do you know it? Ah. Uh, I don't. The Pelican State.
0: Ooh, the Pelican State.
1: I like that. Amazing birds.
0: Oh, okay. So this is like, it's sort of like an, like a, a saying. So selling wooden nutmeg is just selling a fake, like it's a fugazi. So a wooden nutmeg is a false or fraudulent thing. A wooden nutmeg was a piece of wood shaped to resemble a nutmeg and fraudulently sold as the real thing. So it's not even really that they are growing a lot of nutmeg. It's basically that the state they're of cheats. Connecticut are frauds.
1: Yeah. What's the deal with that? I
0: don't know. Yeah, so um, ingenious and shrewd that they could sell wooden nutmegs. So they're the ingenious shrewd. So is Don?
1: Is Donald Trump from there? You know. The, I think he spent a
0: decent amount of time in Connecticut. He's not shrewd, though. So there you go. Top five state nicknames. Next week, we're going to do top five Bobs. Don't do
1: top five Bobs. Yes.
0: We've already done top five Spencers. We need to do top five Bobs.
1: Yeah.
0: Boring. No way. There's a lot of really famous, awesome Bobs. Bob Hope.
1: Oh, you're going to give away next week.
0: Well, I don't know if Bob Hope is going to make the top five. He may be top five worthy, but I'm not sure. There's a lot of Bobs to choose from.
1: No, nobody names their babies Bob. No. Or Robert no. anymore.
0: True. Although, did you know that there's been a huge increase in searching for the name Barbie and Ken? I bet. On these like websites that help you out with picking baby but names.
1: please don't name your kids Barbie or Ken. Please.
0: Ken is fine. Barbie, not probably anymore. not.
1: Probably not anymore. Yeah. I mean, because just think of the image of Ken. If you have have you seen the movie yet? I've not. Yeah. So the image of Ken at the end is pretty pathetic, don't you Ken. <laughs>
0: okay. Not something that you want your kid to strive towards. No, all, you know,
1: and all current Kens, you know, they're grandfathered in. They're okay.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I know plenty of great Kens. Yeah. It's a fine name. Maybe not anymore, though. Anything else this week, Dr. Bob?
1: Walking in the woods. Starting to see some nature turn. Yeah. We're um, moving toward autumn. That's right. And it's cooled down a little bit. Um, it's, uh, there's a point where it seems that things turn every year, and we're just going into that turn now, and it's beautiful. Get out, walk outside, just bathe in the beauty of the natural world, and you'll feel better all day and night.
0: You can follow along with his Walks in the Woods, Cedar Creek Nature Notes. You can follow that on Substack. And you also have Deep Midwest, Politics and Culture. So make sure you follow those two Substacks. Make sure you follow us and subscribe to our podcast, Iowa Revolution. So you get this in your inbox every Wednesday morning. Dr. Bob, it's always good to see you. We'll see you again next week. looking forward to it.